Are you out there doing your best to get on with life? Because, as you already know, it's what you make of your life that really counts. And sometimes having a few shortcuts to help you on your way can be very useful. The NLP Matters podcast might just be the toolbox you need to focus your attention, your effort, your drive onto what really does make the difference. Built on the foundation of neuro-linguistic programming, the NLP Matters podcast offers proven recipes you can use to create and sustain your life your way. G'day, and welcome to the NLP Matters podcast. I'm your host, Joe Clark. For the last three episodes, number 23, 24, and 25, We've introduced the NLP technique of well-formedness conditions, which adds the final layer to the journey of building our successful life and ensuring our goals are robust and ready to go. When we apply the well-formedness conditions to our goals, we're doing our ultimate check to confirm both the absolute alignment and resilience of our goals. So far, we've looked closely at the first three steps in the well-formedness conditions, stating our goal in the positive, having the goal self-initiated and self-maintained, and having a detailed sensory-based description of both the outcome and steps. This week, we take a deeper dive into the steps number four and five, having the goal be ecological and having more than one way to achieve our goal. I trust that as we work through this podcast series on setting and achieving awesome goals, we gain even more clarity on what it is we actually do want to have. When we've completed the first of the five success principles, knowing our outcome, we can use the keys to an achievable outcome and then the well-formedness conditions to get an even greater understanding on the specifics of our outcome and what needs to be done, the targeted actions or required to achieve this outcome. This also means we get even more clarity on who we need to be to deliver on those actions that will get our results. Having already gone through the first three steps in the well-formedness conditions, the next step we want to explore is again confirming that our goal is ecological. We're revisiting and expanding on the ecological check that we did when we completed the keys to an achievable outcome. That's the one we covered in episode number 21. In a nutshell, this means that we're checking the goal is good for ourselves, good for others, and good for the greater good. Since we completed the ecological check back when we did the keys to an achievable outcome, We've worked even more on our goal and we've added even more sensory specific detail. Our goal has developed and that means we may find that there are new issues, some sort of misalignment between our conscious and unconscious minds or other potential impacts that arise from our goal that we hadn't noticed before. By revisiting an ecology check at this point, we can reconfirm that our goal is aligned and that we're ready to go. Now remember that when we're checking the ecology of our goal, there are two parts. We're checking both internally, is it good for me? 
and externally is it good for others and good for the greater good, as in our external world. Just think about it for a moment. If we choose a goal that on the surface seems to be pretty awesome without any consideration of the context for the goal, well, we just might find that the goal seems great in theory, but in practice, there may be consequences we discover now that don't align with our values or our identity or something else like that. For example, here we are in the middle of a global pandemic. It's pretty clear that my goal to travel to Italy to celebrate my birthday might not be the best goal to pursue right now. Or if I had the goal to travel around Australia visiting my family and friends, I might be placing others at risk or even just increasing their fear or anxiety about risks to their health. Not to mention the pursuit of this goal would cause significant issues and unique challenges given that currently in Australia we have state borders closed. Or I could contribute significantly to an overload in vital services like a health system if I travelled around the country potentially spreading a virus to vulnerable communities. As you can see, regardless of what the issue could be, the main point is that when we check the ecology of a goal, we need to consider it within the specific context in which it's planned. Too often we get all excited and choose goals and invest great effort, time and perhaps even money into them only to discover that in fact the goal is somehow out of kilter or alignment with either ourselves or perhaps the world around us. It's a great idea to do a comprehensive ecological check before we dive in and begin implementing our plan because once we're fully immersed into pursuing the goal, we become very focused. Our perspective narrows to hone into what needs to happen next. What are the steps? Are my actions moving me forward? And when our goal is ecologically sound, this focus is a good thing. We need it because it gives us a ground level view of our actions and progress. For example, let's pretend going for our goal is like playing a tennis match. When we're on the court playing the game, Our focus is on the ball, the moves of the other player, our moves. All we take in is happening on the court as we continually react and calibrate and hit the ball back over the net, adjusting as the ball comes back again at varying angles and different speeds. In contrast, when we do an ecological check, we want to do it from a variety of positions. In NLP, this process is referred to as taking different perceptual positions. Let's say you're now in the crowd watching yourself play tennis. From this position, what we notice and focus on is totally different to when we are immersed in the game on the court. And then imagine we're in a helicopter above the stadium. Now we can see the game being played from a whole new perspective. We can see the crowd, the stadium, the people outside the stadium, and even the city as a whole. And this perspective will again broaden what we're noticing. It'll be totally different again. We might wonder about the crowd locked out of the stadium, or we might notice the looming weather front heading this way. Each of these new perspectives can impact on our perception of the ecology of the tennis game. And it's only when we take on a variety of different perspectives and really ask ourselves, what will be the impact of this goal on me in, say, in the next three to six months, or perhaps on a longer term, 
10 to 20 years. How does this goal connect with my values and beliefs? Who do I need to be to deliver on this goal? Is that who I want to be? We can also check what will be the impact on others, perhaps others I love and care about if I pursue this goal. In my family as I grew up, we were all very aware that my dad, who was a mechanical engineer, had been offered a fantastic opportunity to relocate to South Africa and do some truly amazing project that was on offer. A project that would make any mechanical engineer's heart leap in their breast. I actually can't remember what the project was, but then again, I'm not a mechanical engineer. Anyway, Dad really wanted to do the work. It sounded like a good goal for him professionally, and he also loved travelling, which made it even more attractive. But at that time of his life, he had a wife and four young children. And after weighing it up, he decided that to go to South Africa at that time was not ecological for a whole lot of reasons. So he said no. Now, it wasn't easy for him to say no. And I have no doubt that at times over his life, he reflected on that sliding doors moment and wondered, what if? However, He always knew he chose wisely, and to me, I never saw him regret that decision. So as you can see, an ecological check goes way beyond how a goal feels in the heat of the moment. It involves really being curious and asking ourselves, is this good for me? Is it good for others? And is it good for the greater good? We're testing out, are there any hidden snags or obstacles that I'll discover within myself as I pursue this goal. Am I aligned? When we have our ecological goal, it fits like a glove. It aligns with our identity, our values, beliefs. It enables us to be who we want to be. It supports and nurtures us in our journey. And perhaps most of all, when the going gets tough, it will be our internal certainty and alignment with this goal that keeps us going on the path to success. If we don't complete this check and reconfirm our commitment to our goal, the challenges and issues will be there just waiting in our unconscious mind, ready to pounce. The only way to bring these issues into conscious awareness and work on them is to put in the effort and ask ourselves the questions, taking up different perspectives and asking again so that we pop them out into the open and then we can consider our actions. Do we still want the goal? Is this a deal breaker? How can I clear that limiting belief? Those are the questions we want to explore at this time. Without doing this work, generally what happens is we'll progress a certain way towards our goal and then things will start to feel off or out of balance. And often we can't quite identify or put our finger on why, because of course the reason is unconscious. It might be that we're not taking action that we said we would, or we're not following the steps we've laid out. That's how it'll show up for us. This is our unconscious mind just tapping us on the shoulder and saying, something's not quite right here. When we do the work up front and really explore what could be issues or problems and anticipate them, We put ourselves on the front foot, ready and prepared, which means our commitment doesn't wane. We can just keep chugging along towards our goal, knowing that it's all okay. Another trap that we can fall into as we set off in pursuit of our goals 
is we get too focused and attached to how we're going to get there. Let's think for a moment about how we feel when we have only one way to go, one way to get into or out of something. And because we believe we've only got one way, how do we feel when that one way is blocked? It's a bit like a traffic jam. Our frustration builds and we might even feel trapped. And if we get really stuck, these feelings often escalate to rage or on the flip side of the coin, powerlessness. If we pursue our goal believing there's only one way we can achieve it, then we risk locking ourselves in because if that one way doesn't work out like we expect it to, it's pretty easy to make that mean that the goal is now not achievable. So we have to give up. The other challenge with the one-way path is that it can be pretty intense. It feels like everything has to work, otherwise we'll lose everything. When we look at people who have a weight loss goal, we often see exactly this dynamic playing out. Let's say they have a weight loss goal of, I don't know, 10 kilos or something. In my experience, the majority of people who want to lose weight decide they have to go on a diet. So they have to change what they eat. And also in my experience, they usually believe they have to lose it fast. So the diet they believe they have to go on is one that starves them or one that means they have to give up whole food groups or involve some other behavior which cannot be sustained for life. In reality, the lose weight fast and take the diet path is only one of the strategies that can be used to shed kilos. In contrast, if we get creative and innovative, then we can discover that there are a lot of different ways to achieve our goal. When working with clients, I'm very keen for them to identify a minimum of three different ways that they can achieve their goals. For example, with the 10 kilos goal, another choice is that they could lose the weight by exercising sufficiently to convert stored fat into energy whilst continuing to eat exactly what they currently eat. As we recognize there are lots of ways we can achieve our goal, there's a very significant hidden bonus. Because we know there are lots of ways and because we're using our creativity to identify those ways, our unconscious mind is now more than ever engaged in working out how to succeed. And with each new option, it seems like achieving the goal itself becomes easier and easier. Just like selecting another song from a playlist, or in my day it was a jukebox. There's this sense of freedom. The desperate intensity we felt when we thought there was only one path subsides, and our energy and focus now shifts onto creating possibilities. With my clients, we enjoy playing with the possibilities. Three options is the minimum, but when we can find 13 different ways, then we really do have choice. And our unconscious mind is generally totally convinced that the goal is really achievable. I mean, look at all the different ways I can do it this way or this way or even this way. All the possibilities open up. How about we apply what we've covered to a potential goal? Let's say we have a goal to buy into a business like running a cafe. And this is a goal we're very excited about because we've dreamt about it for some years. 
More specifically, our goal includes both opening the cafe and on or before the end of the first two years, having earned sufficient income to pay off $100,000 we borrowed to buy into the business. So let's assume that we've written that goal down, it's in the positive, and we're clear that it's self-initiated and maintained. And we've described, we've done the sensory specific stuff. We've described what we'll see, hear, feel, all those things are written down in glorious detail. But before we set off on the path to success, we now want to do an internal check that everything about this goal is aligned with our identity, our values, and our beliefs. And we discover we do have a belief story about ourselves that has sometimes been useful to get us out of situations that are a bit demanding or perhaps just to let us off the hook when we're feeling a bit pressured. And that belief is, oh, I'm a bit lazy. Although up to this point in our life, this belief hasn't really caused us much grief, I can see that keeping this belief now might cause me some challenges over the next two years because owning and running a cafe and being a bit lazy definitely don't sit in alignment with each other. Obviously, keeping that identity belief could very well get in the way of our success. Or alternatively, we might have a couple of young kids and one of our values is that we're committed to having a work-life balance. Can you see how this value might cause some internal conflict that we hadn't seen coming when we were totally immersed in the excitement of choosing the goal. Because when we do our ecology check, we realize that to achieve the goal, we will be spending long hours away from home at work. Not really a good work-life balance, maybe. Or we could have some limiting beliefs around running a business, like I don't have a good brain for business or I'm no good with money. Now, clearly, these are not the beliefs of a successful business owner. The good news is that coming up against any of these issues doesn't mean we have to give up the goal. It just means we might have to do some work to align our identity, values or beliefs with the goal we've chosen. An internal check is also the time for us to make sure that the goal is one that we've freely chosen for ourselves. It's not one we're choosing to please someone else or even choosing because we think we should. The next part of the ecology check is external. This means we're going to check on the impact of the goal on our external environment. A good place to start is to check on the people in our immediate sphere of influence, family, friends, colleagues. How are they going to be impacted by the goal? What are the consequences for them? Perhaps we choose a goal and then we discover that the goal has consequences we did not consider. And maybe those consequences are not acceptable to us. So we now realize the goal may no longer be ecological for us. In the example of running the cafe, let's say we had plans to have another child. So the goal, as it is, will have a significant impact on our partner and we just might want to discuss this impact with them before we jump in. Or we might have a business already that now needs to be sold so we can buy the cafe and this impacts our current staff. Are we okay with that? Remember, when we come across these bumps in the road, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to abandon our goal, but rather we're considering the consequences of achieving this goal because in some cases, the consequences may be such that we're not willing to pay the cost. And I think you would agree, it's much better to know this upfront 
than to trip over it and get an unpleasant surprise when you do discover it. Similarly, we want to look at our goal and its impact on the broader environment. For example, with the cafe we're about to buy, does the type of food we're selling or the way the cafe operates, does that also align with who we believe we are as a person? Or perhaps the goal was scheduled to occur within a particular context that makes the achievement not ecological for us right now, such as opening a new cafe when there may be restrictions on business and trading as a result of the COVID pandemic. The whole context for the hospitality industry has shifted completely in the past six to eight months. And because under current restrictions in Victoria, we can't even have people come into a cafe to eat, we might decide that right now it's just too difficult to open a new business. Or another option, we could broaden our notion of cafe and ask ourselves, what kinds of cafes are there that I could look at? So now we could include things like a coffee shop, lunch shops, alfresco, student cafes, bakeries, themed, coffee specialists, national cuisine-based, pop-up cafes, full service or more. We could also reconsider the location of our cafe. We could look at a different region or a different state where there are less restrictions on trading. The idea is to brainstorm all the options and then shortlist a few for more detailed analysis before ultimately deciding which way you want to go. By working through a process such as this, we've now got our unconscious mind refocused and maybe even a bit excited about all the different possibilities, whilst also convincing ourselves that because achieving our goal can take multiple paths, if one way doesn't work out, then there's always potential for other options. So there you have it. This is how we establish our ecological goal that is aligned with our internal and external worlds. And notice now with each new option we can choose that takes us to the prize, it seems easier and easier to achieve our goal which means our unconscious is now more engaged than ever in pursuing our success. Applying the well-formedness conditions to build that resilience into our goals means that we can be certain that our outcome is so robust and resilient, we can really be unstoppable. Join me in the next episode when we play with the sixth and seventh of the well-formedness conditions steps developing the detail that makes the first step of the goal clearly specified and achievable, and ensuring that our goal increases choice. These techniques continue the work we've done so far on how to build a truly successful life. So stay awesome, and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. Wow, thanks for showing up and listening in. We would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts, ideas, or questions via email to joanne at destinypursuit.com.au. Now it's time to take today's recipe out into your own life. Notice the differences that show up as you apply it. We'd love to hear how you are progressing with your new approach.